0: what we do, we do so well, and and our patients know that. They know when they come into any St Vincent's hospital that they're truly cared for and loved by the staff that are looking after them.
1: Welcome to Compassion, Courage, Consolation, Voices for St Vincent's during COVID-19. In this podcast, we're talking to people who love St Vincent's, love our staff, and love the service we provide in health and aged care. We're doing this to support our compassion for one another and those we serve, to bolster our courage in this extraordinary time, and to provide consolation amidst the challenges we're facing. And whilst prepared for St. Vincents, we're sharing this series with anyone who might find it helpful. If you're joining us from outside of our services, consider yourself part of the family. You're very welcome indeed. My name is Dan Fleming, I lead ethics and formation for St Vincent's, and in this episode it's a real joy for me to welcome Alex Joyner to the podcast. She's the Director of Nursing at the Mater Hospital in North Sydney. Alex, great to have you on the show, thanks so much for making the time.
0: Thank you so much, Dan. I feel so privileged that you've asked me to be involved in your
1: podcast. I'm very excited. Oh, it's a joy to have you, Alex. And I wonder if Mm -hmm. we could just start with a question that I've been putting to a lot of our guests first off, and it's really a question about comparisons. Our world has changed in the last couple of months, and so too have our hospitals. Could you tell me what a normal day might have been in your working life, say a couple of months ago, and how it compares to today?
0: Uh, Yes, so it's actually interesting because I see my job as really a relationship builder. I spend a lot of time building trust and relationships with the staff and also with patients. And a lot of that comes with face-to-face contact, uh, not just meetings, but, you know, walking around the hospital, being visible, talking to people, meeting patients, meeting their families And of course, with COVID and social distancing, that's really changed. So although I am visible in the hospital, I do make an effort not to be as visible. And also, all of our, most of our meetings are all virtual now. So I do find it more difficult to build those relationships when you're not meeting face to face. So I think that's probably the main difference. Is the um, is the is the relationships and the human contact mm. is very very different.
1: And what's the feeling like in the hospital itself, Alex?
0: Um, so when it first sort of hit, I guess it was a lot of a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress, and um, the staff were really feeling really scared about: Am I going to be? Um, you know, looking after COVID patients, am I going to be protected? But then they were also scared about losing their jobs. So there was this really strange sort of vibe in the hospital about, I'm really scared that we're going to get lots of COVID patients, but I'm also really scared that I'm going to lose my job. And there was a couple of weeks of really high anxiety, and now it's settled down into a really nice, back to being a very nice, calm environment where our staff feels safe, they feel safe about their jobs and they feel safe that they're prepared to care for COVID patients.
1: Mm. And Alex, when you when you look at this moment in time for our services, what, what do you see? What do you see around you and and what are your hopes for the way we've prepared for COVID and, and the way ahead from here?
0: Uh, I see an incredible amount of teamwork, of working together, not just as a hospital, so not just the matter but all of SVHA. I mean, when I look at, everything that everybody's doing, all of their business-as-usual work has stopped and they, all, everyone banded together to to work through what's completely unprecedented. We've never had to manage a pandemic before. So I feel um, that we are prepared. I feel that we're supported. I, I know that we don't know what's coming and that, that's a bit scary because, you know, some weeks you think the surge is going to hit, then other weeks you start thinking the surge is never going to hit. But... I feel a sense of um, of peace almost that we're we're ready for whatever happens, mm. and hopefully nothing happens, but we're prepared if it does.
1: Yeah, it's a remarkable position to be. In. It's almost kind of poised mm. and ready to go. And there's a certain anxiousness mm. that sits with that, which mm. you've described really well too. But yeah, there is a sense of of readiness. And Alex, you've been in the Symmons family for a while now. And you've collected many great stories along the way. Is there a particular story that comes to mind for you which holds together the themes of the podcast, compassion, courage and consolation?
0: Yeah, so there's lots of stories, Dan. I could sit here for a day talking about stories, (laughs) but one that really sits with me, and it's an interesting story because it it comes up time and time again. For some reason, we go back to this patient who I'll call Ken and um, it was a couple of years ago now, and I, I wasn't in this, my position, I was acting as the Director of Nursing, and Ken had come in, um, he's in his early 60s, a mar- married with three children, and he lived um, up on the northern New South Wales coast. Mm. And he was admitted with cancer, and his symptoms had um, worsened, and he came in for some tests to see what was happening, basically. And... After a couple of days of being at the Martyr, he had a lots and lots of, um, of of reviews. He was made not for resuscitation. And, you know, obviously that was a really difficult decision for his family. But once they'd made that decision, they then wanted to take him back home to the New South Wales North Coast. But the air ambulance, ambulances only fly like once or twice a week. So we set the date for Thursday for the air ambulance to take him home. But his family were really upset about him going home via, uh, via the air ambulance because, one, they didn't really, they weren't really sure whether he was going to survive waiting for their ambulance and then would he even survive the trip. So they, his wife spoke to the manager of the ward and asked if um, they could drive him home. But there was, at that time, at that time when she asked, that looked like an absolute impossibility for her to be able to do that because Ken was barely able to walk, he was really unwell, the nurses were terrified that he was going to pass away on the way home in the car. Um, so over the next couple of days, his wife's anxiety was getting worse and worse because she really, really wanted to drive him home. Mm-hmm. So the nurse unit manager came to see me and asked what I thought about about the situation and I suggested she go back and speak to his wife and get a little bit more understanding of why she wanted to drive him home. And what transpired was she had promised Ken that he wouldn't die alone and she was terrified that he would die in the air ambulance. So we did what we do the best at the martyr and we got a really had a really difficult situation and we worked together with physio, social workers, doctors, everybody to try and a plan in to get Ken home, and um, so a day or two later, his wife and two two of the three children arrived to drive him home. He could barely walk, but we managed to get him into the car. They drove home. They were supposed to go to the local hospital, to the palliative care unit, but when they arrived at the palliative care unit, they assessed Ken and allowed him to go home, and they would set up his uh, palliative care at home, So the following day, his wife called the nurse unit manager to say that they'd arrived home, they'd had a beautiful drive home, they'd stopped at Ten's favourite lunch spot on the way home because they'd done that trip to and from Sydney many, many times. And he was sitting in his favourite chair looking out at his property. And the wife was in tears. She was so, so grateful to the hospital for allowing them that special time together. And then two weeks later, we got a... um, beautiful card of his daughter with a painting that um, a friend of theirs had painted of the view that Ken has from his chair that he'd sat in for the final two weeks. And it was just so lovely. The staff just felt so at ease that they'd been able to give Ken and his family um, that special time together, that time to sit in a car for eight hours reminiscing, talking about, you know, the trip home and their favourite things to do. And they still talk about it today. It's about three years ago now and they still talk about it.
1: Oh, isn't that beautiful, Alex? Thank you for sharing yeah. that. It's it's a, a stunning story. It captures so much, doesn't it, too? And, I mean, one of the main things that, that comes through for me is uh, – we, you can't fit people's stories into a box, can you? Mm. We have all yeah. good good ways of thinking through decisions in healthcare and so on, but we have to listen carefully to the people in front yes. of us and what their wishes are and what sometimes risks they're willing to take to ensure mm. that in this case they're, they're together with one another, even if that meant oh. taking a long drive up the north coast. But what a beautiful yeah. outcome. You must be so proud when you hear oh. these kinds of things coming through at your place.
0: It was just, that was so beautiful because it would have been much easier for us just to say, no, the protocol is air ambulance, you know, but we didn't do that. We took a risk and there was a risk that something could happen on the way home. But, you know, I was talking to the manager of that ward this week, actually, and she still gets tears in her eyes when we talk about Ken's story. It moved her so much because she truly felt that she wasn't going to be able to do anything to help him and his family and the fact that we did just makes her feel so so pleased for the family
1: so yeah it's a beautiful story oh it's wonderful alex and Mm. and thinking about those kinds of stories and what they also mean for our staff what kind of changes and things do you think our people especially those on the front line might experience in in these coming months and how do you hope they'll respond
0: um i think well, I think what we're seeing with our staff and um, on the front line particularly is that there's a greater resilience with our staff, and there's a greater uh, so their their understanding of so not only are they feeling high levels of anxiety, but so are our patients as well, and they're um, answering those concerns of our patients. In, in such a compassionate and caring way. So it might not even be that the patient's worried about COVID, but because of everything that's happening in the world, they're coming into the hospital much more um, anxious. We don't have as many visitors for our patients, so our staff are acting as their support person and their nurse. And I, I, I just think The way we nurse has changed in that respect because they don't have the ability to have Mm. so many family members around them and our nurses are stepping up and not just our nurses, our pastoral care team, our physios, everybody is stepping up and providing and being everything for our patients at the moment.
1: Mm. So, yeah, it's almost like an expanding of the remit of care, Mm. isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we would have so – our patients would have so many visitors in the past – that they would often get their visitors and family to help them do things because that's what the family wanted to do. And the other thing is that a lot of patients in hospital at the moment are very sick as well because it's mm. it's um you know category one and two sort of surgery that we're doing. So it's more urgent surgery. And these patients again are only being able to see one or two people during this really difficult time. Mm.
1: Alex, in the context of your leadership, what gives you, what consoles you, what gives you courage and what helps you to continue with your compassion, conscious that your position in particular holds a lot of responsibility at this time?
0: Um, I think knowing that um, we are, we and knowing the organisation that, I'm working in that we're looking after our staff incredibly well because during this time it's not just about the care we're providing our patients. As I mentioned earlier, there's so much uncertainty in the world around job security, and we really are looking after our staff incredibly well. And with that comes our staff looking after our patients, the love that they're giving the patients and their families, and just knowing that it doesn't matter what what gets thrown at us it, whatever happens with covid we will be ready for it and um and whether that is the marcher helping out st vincent's public hospital or you know it's the, it's the whole st vincent's health australia team i guess and it's just so nice to be part of that that team or that family that's ready to help each other out
1: It's extraordinary, isn't it? It's it's been Mm. one of the things that's really struck home for me is Mm. the way in which the group as a whole has been functioning together. And it was, I mean, it was almost, you know, it was without even thinking that the Mm. public hospitals and the private hospitals would work together to provide Mm. best care. Straight away, It was no one needed to wait for a government to say something. It was just obvious, this is, of course, what we do. Yeah,
0: it's really impressive, actually, and it makes you realise that, you know we would we would actually get through this and we we are we are prepared for it and we would we would tackle it because we have so many incredible resources within the organisation that if if there was and you know god forbid if there was any sort of outbreak um or cluster in any of our hospitals there would be plenty of people um staff of all
1: of all from all fields ready to help out. Mm, it's deeply consoling, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is. Alex, you've you've always got the ear of the wonderful team there at the martyr, and I've seen some wonderful mm-hmm. videos that you've put together recently communicating with all of them. Now you've got the ears of the whole of St. Vincent and others in the community as well. What would you like to say to our staff at this time?
0: Um, I'd just like to say number one, thank you for First of all, coming to work. And I know that sounds silly, but the reason I say that is because I keep talking about the high levels of anxiety, but very seriously, at the beginning of this pandemic, there were people that were terrified to come to work, but yet they continue to come to work. They continue to come and care for the patients, care for each other. Um, Our doctors have been incredibly supportive. And you know, I guess we have to remember that they're they're going through this just just like we all are. And I just thank everybody for looking after each other. Um, you know, this has brought up a lot of pain for people in their personal lives as well, but yet teams are working together to support each other. And um yeah, I just thank thank everybody and keep keep doing what we're doing because what we do, we do so well. and and our patients know that. They know that they, they know when they come into any St Vincent's Hospital that they're truly cared for and loved by the staff that are looking after them.
1: Alex Joyner, it's always a joy to talk to you and today has been no different. Thank you so much for sharing some time with me and all the listeners today.
0: Thank you so much, Dan.
1: You've been listening to Compassion, Courage... Consolation: Voices for St Vincent's during COVID-19 This podcast series has been developed by St Vincent's Health Australia For more information about St Vincent's visit www.svha.org.au The music for this podcast comes from Kevin McLeod. His track Bittersweet let us in and you can hear his track Touching Moments 1 now Kevin's website is incompetech.filmmusic.io and the music is brought to you under the Creative Commons 4.0 license. All of this information and more is provided in the text accompanying this podcast. Thanks for listening.